imagine in. Ryan, you don't even know this, but the people <gasps> just heard a heard a new ad. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> it's getting fancy up in here. Are we are we in the money? Oh, buddy. Are, are we, we ever? Are we screwed McDucking it into our We're big... fucking backstroking through them coins. I still think it should have been more realistic, and Scrooge should have just absolutely broken every bone in his body. He should have he died that, during the opening credits. That, that big pile of metal. <laughs> Maybe not died, you know, it's still a kid's show, but like, just, you know. Well, you gotta, teach him, you gotta teach him early that, you know, capitalism has real effects. And Capitalism choose, is killing your duck friends, okay, kids? <laughs> if you choose your life's pursuit to be hoarding such a large amount of gold coins... That you try to swim in it, there may be some effects. <laughs> somebody, somebody's gonna break your neck. I'm just saying. Is, you know, you know, you know who that somebody is. Physics. <laughs> Physics is gonna break your <laughs> neck universe, if you dive into your big pile of metal. The universe will eventually get your greedy ass. <laughs> it's coming for all of us, <laughs> dude. I, I don't all, know when we would way use out, it. Act accordingly. I don't know when we would ever appropriately use it, but that's never stopped me before with Sounders. I want to get the... Uh, or literally anything else we well, do or that, say. That do. Uh, Danny Pudi, the dude from Community, Abed on Community. Okay, yeah, I know him. Uh, he, he did an interview with Larry King, and Larry King is like telling him to... Larry King is talking to him about private jets for some reason, uh, right? And he's he's saying something about like... I don't remember exactly the context, but he's like, oh, I mean, that's easy. You just you just fly private. And Danny goes, Larry, I'm on ducktails. <laughs> to yes. be like, to be like, bro, I don't have private jet money. What are you talking about? I voice a duck. That's my job right now. He's like he's he's that perfect level of like, bro, I get that like you think that because I'm on TV, I have fuck you money, but like bro, I voice a children's show duck character. It's bro. just the I do perfect, not have fuck you money. Like I, it shouldn't work out of context, but I want to apply Larry, I'm on DuckTales to everything. Every every like every third month, Larry, I have like not i'm gonna not fly coach money okay like i like i don't i if certainly someone don't else have, is, if someone else is paying i might end up in first class yeah i certainly don't have fuck you this is my plane money larry <laughs> larry i'm on we dude you know what it works though because it's like it's just a really good way to say do you have any idea what is actually happening here. Larry, I'm right. on DuckTales, you know? <laughs> I just love it. Uh, I feel like we would have use for it. All right, I'll, I'll uh, grab who's, it. Hey, who is our new ad for that, that's got us swimming in, in Scrooge McDuck coins? Oh, uh, it's our actual hosting service. They were like, hey, uh, you guys use our service and like it. Do you want to tell other people to use our service? I was like, yes, I do genuinely like it. You guys provide hey. a great service. Hey! So, shout out to Anchor. Shout out to Anchor. Look, we said we were only ever going to advertise for things that we actually believe in. Did we? Or or things that. that people will pay us a considerable amount of money yeah, for. Okay. But okay, good. I was like, I don't think I nice, agreed to just that first part. The nice part is we've got we've got uh we've got two things we believe in on the show. So that's great. So far the unethical companies with real money don't know that we exist. So we're doing fine. But hey, anytime y'all want to turn us into Scrooge McDuck, let me know. <laughs> Let me know. This soul been for sale since 1999, bro. I will. Yeah, you had to wait until you were 12. <laughs> I was like right around then when I was fully understanding the concepts of capitalism and being like, oh, yeah, I'd, I would like to buy more Pokemon cards. I should probably have more money to buy more Pokemon uh, cards. Ryan, I, I refuse before we dive into Pokemon cards. I refuse to believe that you are not in some sort of funhouse force perspective hall of mirrors room right now uh, okay so this for those of you don't, real life for those of you who aren't on the patreon patreon.com slash what if podcast five bucks a month get double the episodes plus access to a back catalog of 150 episodes you never heard i told the people that i'm in the great city of duluth in northern minnesota duluth is a cool city and i'm here with my wife and we're house sitting for some family and i'm in the basement and spencer thinks <laughs> That the it's, bed behind me is the size of like a child's desk, 
but it's not. It's a real normal double bed. Bro, you, I, I will not accept that you're not on the set of Alice in Wonderland right now. There's just... Okay, well, to to further fuck with your perspective, check out this sick can of beer no, that I stop, it's dude. Like the size of my computer. <laughs> In the computer, it's like the size of my computer. Higher than the top of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's how I feel hey. just looking at your Zoom screen right now. Like I might have to do this episode with the video off because it's so disorienting. Tiny bed, giant can. I, yo, I look like and that like, meme of Shaq holding a can of Coke, and it just looks like it's like. Literally the size of a roll of film. Like, it's just tiny. Except you're the can of Coke in this scenario. You're holding... Because my you're can drinking, is gigantic. You're drinking Shaq, yes. No, so... I, I don't I don't want to drink Shaq. <laughs> how, do you, how do you blend Shaq into a drinkable form? That sounds like a... You gotta go straight to the like source, a, my guy. It's a tall task, honestly. <laughs> He's a tall man. Uh, no, this is uh, this is a crowler of beer that I that I drank half of last night and no. set in the fridge. That's one of those. That's one of those miniature eight ounce cans. And I'm just tiny now in my <laughs> tiny Alice in it, Wonderland room. It's weird too because like you you're close to the camera, but you're also only taking up like half the frame, and so I can see that like you look big but also small at the same time. Do you need more? Do you need more of my body in it? That's actually better. Yeah. <laughs> I can see less of that weird tiny, but also takes up the entire width of the room bed behind you. It's, it's not tiny, y'all. It's a full bed. Spencer's just having zoom but like you're in a perspective room th- issues. You're in a room that's six feet wide. Then I don't understand. Ooh. Never mind. This is not interesting for literally anyone. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. I'm not in a fun house. I can tell you that much. All right. But one day. When we're done recording, we'll be, I'm going to need the full tour just so I can not be freaked out the next time we record. I, I will draw up literal blueprints <laughs> of this space <laughs> so you can have the context you need Thank to be you. able to communicate with me while I'm living up here. I would much appreciate that. Ryan, while I crack my... Oh, yo, simultaneous oh bevy crack. Oh, my God, we did that accidentally. Yeah. Crack that Eugene Great. bevy real quick. Grip it and <laughs> rip it, bud. Got my Dan Bevy loaded up. Um, oh, what's bringing you, you joy it. lately, bud? Mm. Yeah, good time to take a sip. Perfect. Nailed it. Well, what's bringing me joy, my friend, is the warm weather mm. in our fine northern city of Duluth where I'm breathing Lake Superior air. As in... And <laughs> As in Lake Superior, air from Lake Superior. Uh, Never what? mind. The air is not superior. It is from the, is from Lake Superior. That didn't Actually, need clarifying. Is. Please continue. <laughs> it is superior air, to be honest. You 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 crest the hill into the city and you take a deep breath through your nose and you're like, ah, I'm free. I'm in the I'm in nature. Sure. Uh no, but honestly, it's. It's ding-dang beautiful up here. Hey, I have a quick story about being up here, by the way, before we get to your joy. That's my joy, though. Warm weather, uh, good good local beer, uh, and Lake Superior fresh uh, fresh air. Okay. I'll take okay, it. Okay, so, so check this out. I'm, uh, I'm working today. I'm sitting at my desk, yep. and out of nowhere, I hear the most insane, house-shaking, like sound i can pop it's just like a and like it it sounded like we were getting buzzed by like a c-130 or something okay we we weren't but we were getting buzzed by a fighter jet squad because there is in fact a national air guard reserve airport up here yeah, we we talked about that when I was up there and saw some weird shit this summer. We did, and we also talked about it, I think, originally in the Big Mike episode, because Big Mike had a story about uh, the cats on Superior who had... Wasn't it Big Mike who had the story about the, um, yeah, he, the radar he claims, tower? He claims to have seen a UFO over Lake Superior while working... Yeah, and, seeing the Air Force? Whatever he did. Yeah. Um, but he... But, but his experience with the Air Force up here reminded me of that possibility. And I did go out <clears throat> and look, and there was for sure like a F 
whatever fighter jet fucking squadron going overhead. I love when we try and talk about airplanes and or guns. It always goes no, really well for us. No fucking idea what we're talking about. <laughs> nope. Not gonna happen. Um, but man, that shit, when... Wait, so your story is that you saw an airplane? Is that what is that what's happening here? I mean, it was like it was like multiple fighter jets that were pretty low in the sky going very quickly like over the house in a way that was disconcerting when you weren't expecting it and didn't know what it was right away. Sure, I've never been sure. around that shit before, so it was just like it was pretty intense. Hell yeah. Weird shit in the sky, you dad I mean. You missed uh just hearing some random gunshots in our neighborhood last night instead. That was less oh, exciting. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. Why are they doing that? I uh, shoot stuff sometimes, I guess. I, I don't honestly think that's actually now the you, least true thing that's ever been yeah, said. Yeah, I think you'd almost, almost never have to. Um. Okay, well, I guess... <laughs> My story from, was less fun, sorry. <laughs> well, no, I was, I was actually just going to say from one type of weapon to another in two different places. Yeah, I guess. Uh, my joy for today slash this week, I'll slide over so you can see it. Look at that sexy new drum kit back there. Ooh, wee! My microphone's kind of in the you. way. Oh, look at you, motherfucker. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, Spencer is a real boy now. He's a real Travis Barker. Look at you, motherfucker! Oh, just wait. Wait till I start posting fucking System of a Down drum covers on our Instagram. Bro, hey, Will you uh will you just record a video of you doing like a jam beat and just send it to me? What's a jam beat? But just yes. like a, just like just a vibe, you know, just like uh, a break, just, just a, a break just of a some little, kind. Okay, sure. A little a real simple little break, and then we can put it on the Insta, and I'll I'll film myself rapping to your break beat, and we'll put them side by side as like a little musical collaboration, so you can showcase your new drum set. Okay. And give the people a little a little taste of what it looks like. It kind of it kind of sounds like hell right now because it has these uh, terrible stock uh, drum heads on it. Yeah, but I'll send you something. Do it. You want to? Yeah, you got to hold it. You got to hold it. Yep, yep. No, no, do it again. Do it again. Oh, there, there she is. goes. There it is. There it Just is. perpetually right. out of focus over here. It's because it's because you backed away from your camera to show off your sexy new drum it's true. set. Focused it, on the drum kit. The computer is, said, "This is a prettier thing in this room, <laughs> and I will be spending my energy here." Thank you very much. We know what's important here. <laughs> but yeah, it uh, it arrived yesterday. I've had fun dicking around, getting her all set up. It, it I gotta shipped. imagine the assembly is not inconsequential for a new drum set. I mean, yeah, you, know, you gotta put put some heads on, tune it up. It's only it's a three piece. It's not anything too crazy. I guess the stands also take care of because the stand you didn't have to build the stands, right? Those just came. No, I mean it's just a you know you put some legs on a floor, Tom. You throw Tom on a snare stand. Bass drum sits on the floor. It's not it's not so bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. It did come with an absolutely comical amount of uh, bubble wrap, though. Oh, they're not letting anything happen to your like raw, polished, like well, expensive wood. And so it's like you know the bass drum is twenty two inches across by like whatever sixteen inches deep or something. And then they pack it inside of a box inside of a box. And so the box that it came in was like as tall as me and three feet across. I was gonna say a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then they stuffed every inch of air with bubble wrap so i had like my entire living room was full of bubble wrap last night and i was like this fucking sucks what am i gonna do with all this it's like it won't even it seriously wouldn't fit in my trash can and i don't <laughs> want to throw away an entire week's worth of trash of plastic wrap so at like nine o'clock last night katie comes out to the living room she's like oh just put it on next door i was like what what are you talking about i, I never fuck with next door it seems like a weird I just it scares me every time I see me. it. Yeah. Every time I see it, it scares me. Um, and she was like, "Yeah, somebody will come take it." And I was like, uh, "If you say so." So she takes a photo of our living room just covered in bubble wrap, and posts for free, "quote a comical amount of bubble wrap" is the <laughs> post. <laughs> <laughs> and, I love it. Just not even remotely 
informational in any I mean, way, there, shape, or form. There was a photo, so you could see how much it was. Um, but seriously, within five minutes, somebody was like, "Oh my god, I'll come, I'll come get it." Dope. And I was like, "You, you love to see it, man." Somebody came to my house at nine a.m. today to take away five. I bundled up like as much as I could get my arms around five times. That's how much bubble wrap was in this shit. And put as it out proof, on my front step, and some woman came and got it at 9, 9 a.m. today and was fucking that, psyched about it. <laughs> she probably an eBay seller who moves, like, units of a of a certain thing she makes or creates or, well, or wholesales. It's, it's the terrible shit, too, so it's in, like, those little, you know, one-by-two sheets so you could pack mm. whatever with it. But she, yeah. <laughs> she sent Katie a message this morning that was like, Oh my God, thank you so much. That was a lifesaver. I was like, what are you doing where you urgently, where, where like entirely too much bubble wrap was a lifesaver at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday? What is going on with your life? And do you, are you okay? Do you need help? Oh, oh, thank you so much, miss. My child has been falling over all the time. <laughs> my, my, my child has a weird issue with their balance in their ears, and they've been falling into shit, and I needed something to stop my kid from hitting their dumb head. His whole room is wallpapered in bubble wrap now. <laughs> we are a safer family because of you. God bless. You've literally Not- saved my son's life. <laughs> We bought him a helmet. It wasn't enough. It was not enough. (laughs) He has a helmet plus four layers of bubble wrap wrapped around his head, and now we are confident in his safety going forth. He's got one pair of pants and then a layer of bubble wrap and then another pair of pants. Never take your whole pants off. (laughs) Never. Call me two pants. Sentient two pants. Call me two pants. Put it on the list. Call me two pants, but I got a few on me. Oh, so, so good. Sentient two pants. I feel like put it on the list and that sentient is no, it's DJ sentient two pants and that's his drop. Wait, what is his drop? Call me two pants, but I got a few on me. Correct. <laughs> you know, that's not a real thing though. Like you'd have to, you have to make it first. Well, you just said it. That's what I'm saying. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Your, your audio is now their audio. All right, Ryan, should we talk about Pokemon finally? I'd fucking love to. <laughs> your your rediscovery of all your trading cards inspired me this week. Uh, I'm I'm honored. I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Remind me, you got into Pokemon, right? The the cards or were so, you just a Pokemon like video game guy? Yes, and meaning you were into both? Yes. So okay. I had both uh, I can't remember what the, there was like a, I think it was called Pokemon Stadium was the game for N64 and they had a, they had a, um, uh, like a, a Pokemon photography game where you'd like go on these little, like little adventures in like boats and cars and shit. And the whole thing was you had to find the Pokemon and take pictures of them. And it was like how many Pokemon you could capture via picture on your drive or ride. That was like the game on N64. It was tight, bro. Whoa. <laughs> it was tight. So, uh, what a I had fucking those weird concept for a game. Yeah, dude. And then I had, and then I had the, um, and then I had the Game Boy game in, uh, the blue and red. And then I had hella Pokemon cards, which I still have a bunch of. And the internet tells me they may or may not be worth a little bit of money these days. I got the internet going nuts. Trying. I'm trying. Trying so, to get eBay going nuts over my fucking Pokemon <laughs> cards, bro. Well, if I would have known, I would have saved you some bubble wrap. I'm sorry. Oh, trust me, bro. I already got the. I already got what it ships in. I got fucking cases. I got all the. I, I got all the jazz, bro. Okay. Well, there's one specific Pokemon card I want to talk about. Called sometimes the holographic called, Charizard. Well, that's that's a famous one, apparently. So I've heard. Or. Is it the Shadowless First Edition Pikachu? I've heard that one's important too. Okay. Is it none of those? <laughs> no. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to guide any sort of actual Pokemon knowledge on this episode because I don't know shit. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm still very limited. Like there are people out there who are gonna shit on me for knowing nothing, but uh but I'll just come drop little nuggets of Pokemon information. I'll make some up along the way because you won't know the difference, and that'll be funny to me. 
Perfect. <laughs> this will surprise exactly zero of our regular listeners, but I was too cool for Pokemon when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I was very into like baseball cards and, and like the, what were the starting lineup? The little like sports action figure guys. My guy said too cool for Pokemon. I've seen I've seen your school pictures from back in the day, bro. Okay. Let me clarify. <laughs> I thought I was. I definitely was not, but I thought I was, which is also very on brand. <laughs> not not that much has changed in the last twenty or so years. Yo, that is the most beautifully self-aware thing I've ever heard. I'm dead. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I love you, bro. That's amazing. So there's a trading card game, sometimes shortened to TCG. And, like, I guess there was a, an actual game you could play with these cards, but most people just collected them. It was like a Magic the Gathering-esque game where you had, like, energy and resources and powers, and you would play, like, certain moves from certain like card characters and shit. Yeah. But yeah. but people weren't really out here playing the Pokemon game the way that people were playing Magic, right? Or the way that people still play Magic. Um I think I think they were for a time like when it first came out, it was very like in that whole realm of things, but it very quickly became much more of like a collecting, like I'm going to particularly because Excuse me, because like Pokemon as a game, the premise is got to catch them all, right? Like it's like a collecting game. It's true. They were setting us so, up for that consumerism early. Oh, 100%. I mean, the whole <laughs> idea of like you should get all of the Pokemon to complete your Pokedex from the game, 100% yeah. applied to the consumerism around buying right. the packs, buying the boxes so that you could complete your collection. Great marketing. I mean, it's a, it's a smart continuation of a concept, for sure. It clearly worked, yeah. Yeah, right, right. So some of these cards have sold for over six figures, including the couple that you mentioned earlier. There's the, uh, well, the most expensive, uh, the, the first edition holographic Charizard that you mentioned yep. sold in 2017 for $55,650. Yeah, and didn't one just sell last year for like $400,000? The most expensive Pokemon card ever sold was the Pokemon Illustrator card, which is kind of tight. They they had this contest, some Japanese magazine had an illustration contest where you could submit your own Pokemon design. So like you would make or like either make up a Pokemon or make some version of a Pokemon that had like special attributes and attacks and shit. Yeah. And the people that won that contest actually got a card made of their design. Like by the official Pokemon, whoever was producing cards at that time. This was late nineties. So there are only like, a handful of these that exist. A Pokemon Illustrator card of... Um, I don't know what's actually on it. But one of one of those sold for 224000 in October of 2019. So that is, that is just slightly out of date because a pretty recent one happened in December. Another Illustrator card? It wasn't an illustrator card. It was uh it was a Charizard uh that sold at auction for three hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars. Jesus. Okay, so there yeah, there have been a handful in, in the six figure range. Um they they climbing, they climbing. There's also a a small number of trainer cards, which there was a the first official Pokemon tournament in 1997, the top three finishers in that tournament got like one-off cards as like, yep. you're the best Pokemon trainers in the world. Here's a card just for you. And they they each got four of that card. So those have also sold for like upwards of a hundred thousand. Um, the one 
we're talking about today, though, is a pre-release. Is it pronounced Raichu? R-A-I-C-H-U? Raichu. R-A-I-C-H-U. Raichu. So I wasn't familiar with Raichu. Raichu. He looks like a, like, he's a fancy Pikachu guy, right? He, he... So, for those of you who don't know about Pokemon, <laughs> aka the, me, <laughs> uh, the whole concept is like when you train your Pokemans, uh, they, I'm just goofing, that's not how you say it, don't fucking bust on me on the internet. Um, <laughs> when you train them, they, they like get better over time, their stats increase, and then at a certain point, they evolve into what is known as like an evolved version of their Pokemon. So, like... Mm. Charmander is a little cute uh, salamander with a little fire coming out of his butt tail. And then when he gets crazy, he turns into Charmeleon. (laughs) And then Charmeleon gets all the way turned and says, fuck with me, I'm grown now, and turns into Charizard. So there's like evolutions of these things. Some Pokemon have three, some only have two. And Pikachu and Raichu are uh, are just like a two evolution Pokemon. So mm. Pikachu starts out as Pikachu and turns into Raichu when it's a beast. Trying to catch me training pokies. Trying to catch me training pokies. <laughs> it's fun to go back into this world, man. I feel like I sound like I'm very into Pokemon currently. <laughs> this is all this is all knowledge. This, that's that definitely exists how I'm in my to... head from many years ago. No, nah, that's not how I'm trying to present it. I'm trying to present <laughs> it as, as if you are super into Pokemon starting now like you never were before you've just recently gotten very into pokemon that's my version of events i would 100 percent crack out my old game boy and just play that game from the (laughs) jump dude i bet it would be so nostalgic and fun so that makes more sense i I watched like one minute of a youtube clip where there were a bunch of pikachus like mining some rocks and then one of them like picked it up and turned into this cool raichu guy but it was all in japanese so i didn't really understand what was happening sure that sounds about right yeah, he got he got a cool rock and turned into a fancy Pikachu. Yup. He's uh he's a mouse Pokemon, I guess. Um looks like a, a cute little mouse wallaby kind of guy with a lightning bolt tail. He yep. also looks did you ever play um uh Ocarina of Time for Nintendo sixty four? Yeah, he looked like the little golems. He lo- he looks like the, the guys that eat rocks up on the mountain. Yeah, golems. Isn't that what they call him? No, that's the guy from Lord of the Rings. No, but I'm pretty sure it's... Oh, no, Gorgons. Yeah. Gorgons. Yeah, they're yeah, the yeah, bomb yeah. flowers and the rock eaters and whatnot. Gorgons. So anyway, there's this uh, Raichu card that is so rare, it's not even totally clear that it exists. But the mm. the legend goes... Goron. No G, mm, there no it second is. G. Sorry, guys. <laughs> thank, thank you for. We gotta, we gotta make sure we get our stat, our, our facts straight here. Look, I get just, our stats straight. Every time we'd fuck up something that's like pretty basic, we get too many emails and too many tweets and too many but DMs about it. But it's never about like the actually important information that we fuck up no. all the time. It no, would be no, some no, shit no, like no, that. No. Like you slightly mispronounced this character from a video game 20 years ago. How dare you? I'm trying to I'm trying to save my DMs here when I make these corrections. <laughs> That's what's happening. So Raichu, uh, there there was this one sheet of cards, Raichu cards. So a sheet was either eight or twelve, I guess. I don't really know why there would be a variation. I thought it was nine. I thought they printed them in three, like three by three. That would make sense. Eight doesn't really make any sense. Maybe not. Maybe nine. Maybe 12. Whatever. Okay. Okay. And they were a misprint, basically. So on some cards, they would print on the... So most Pokemon cards, or maybe all Pokemon cards, there's a picture at the top. And then underneath it has like the information about that dude. Yeah. And on the bottom of like the bottom right corner of the picture part of the card, it would stamp pre-release on some cards, which I don't exactly know what that meant. If that was like test printings or like I've never I've never seen a pre-release card. I didn't know they were a thing until this story. So um 
I, I, I don't know. My guess would be it has something to do with like, um, like literal test prints. Like they're trying right. to say, this is not out yet. We're trying to make, you know, we distribute these for, do they look right? Do we need them to be copy edited or copy checked one more time? Like they're just, they're like that last test print before they actually go to printing. So there's this one sheet of Raichu's that got accidentally stamped with pre-release. They weren't supposed to be. It was... Wasn't it? Hmm? Yeah, go ahead. No, you're about to say it. Go ahead. It was supposed to be stamped on a different sheet. And this one sheet of Raichu's got stamped with pre-release. So there are like 9 to 12 of these cards ever. It was like... A, like apparently it was a stack of... I think it was Clefairies. So it was a stack of Clefairies that were all supposed to be marked pre-release. So they, they're stamping these these sheets and they it's basically like just like a print, like a printing press. You stamp a sheet, the sheet comes off, you stamp the next sheet, the sheet comes off. And it was going through the stack of Clefairies, and it basically just overdid it on one sheet. As in at the bottom of the set of the Clefairies was the Raichus, or one one page of Raichus got stuck in with the Clefairies. And got this set of stamps on it. So yep. to your point, nine or twelve got a pre-release for a card that wasn't a pre-release card, but got created as a pre-release card, even though it technically wasn't. So what happened accidentally was this extremely rare card that there are only nine to twelve copies of ever. <laughs> and according to this story, those nine to twelve cards were just given to employees at this Wizards of the Coast facility where Pokemon cards were being printed in 1999. Which makes sense to me. Like, it's a fuck up. Like, it's like when you work at a restaurant and they fucking dick somebody's order and they're like, oh, that that uh, that set of onion rings was supposed to be with the gluten-free panko. Well, those are for everybody to eat now. Yeah, except in that case, you know, the fucked up onion rings don't sell for six figures on the open market. <laughs> Be pretty sick if they did, though. That'd be a badass <laughs> onion ring. So they became this extremely rare, legendary, like, cryptid of the Pokemon card universe, and therefore extremely valuable. And also borderline impossible to track because there was no official record of this card existing, because if it does, it was a one-off mistake. There's no record of who they were given to because obviously there were more than a dozen people who worked at this facility. And, and if it was literally them going like, this was a fuck up, we printed it, chopped it, because somebody want one of these, like people right. could have just like grabbed one and walked away. Yeah. And Wizards of the Coast, who also makes, uh, or did at least, Magic the Gathering cards, uh, yep. claimed that no such card existed. However, Again, though, they would never have any they would never have a real record of it existing if it was a factory mistake, right? Like it wouldn't show up in any catalog. It would never show up as any like we intentionally designed this to exist. It exists accidentally. Right, but you could say that, right? You could say yeah, there was a misprint and we gave them to employees at the end of the day instead of throwing them away. If, sure. But it also could be that like whoever was asked just wasn't aware of that situation or doesn't remember it or who knows. Yeah, I mean these 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 factories are probably printing, I mean, literally thousands of cards a day. Yes, definitely. So like for that for there to be one fuck up on one sheet of <clears throat> excuse me, ten or twelve or nine or whatever cards, like probably would not have been very noteworthy. It could have been a yeah. It, it probably honestly, it probably happens. It a must, lot. yeah. Some version of this happening. Yeah. So in 1999, there started to be rumors that a guy named Mike Boozer, who worked at Wizards of the Coast from 99 to 2002, had one of the cards. And in 2006, he allegedly supplied Pokegym, which is an online Pokemon community. With a photo of this pre-release Raichu card that he had. And you can see there, the photo still exists online. It's a fairly low-res photo. It's kind of dark. It's not totally in focus. But it is very clearly 
a Raichu card, and there is very clearly a pre-release stamp on the lower right corner of it. Yep. And it does look to be in in the Pokemon font. It's not just like a it's not just like Helvetica. Like it 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 is in like the the styled font that the Pokemon cards are 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 fonted in. Yeah. I mean it it would be hard to dive too deep into trying to authenticate it because it's one digital photo and it's not an especially good one at that. Yeah. But for a lot of people, this was confirmation that it existed because if anyone would know and have it, it would be somebody who worked at Wizards of the Coast at the time that this thing was alleged to have happened. Right. And Pokejim was also vouching for the authenticity of this. And they, I guess, were pretty well respected in the Pokemon trading card community. Sure. And then in 2009, another user claimed to have purchased one of these cards from an anonymous former Wizards of the Coast employee for $10,500. Wait, so the first, the first like quote unquote sighting or photo or whatever happened in 99? Or was that when it was first like rumored that it was going around? So this card was probably, if it, happened it was printed in 98 or 99 just when like a lot of the first edition if not like all of the first edition original packs came out in 98 99 in 1999 there were rumors surrounding mike boozer having one of them because he had allegedly showed it to some people at a tournament got it then in 06 mike boozer online posts this picture of this of the card yep got it so there's a seven-year gap between him allegedly like showing it to some people at a tournament and then posting it online. And then another three-year gap before a second telling of something like this existing. Yeah, so, so three years after it's first posted online by Mike Boozer, former uh, employee, someone on that same forum claims to have purchased one of these cards from a former Wizards of the Coast employee. For $10,500, which at the time was the highest price ever paid for an English language Pokemon card. That, I mean, that makes sense. That's a shitload of money. Yeah, and now we're talking, you know, 12 years ago, 11, 12 years right. ago. Right. And then in 2009, this uh, the seller, so both the buyer and the seller were anonymous or... The seller was anonymous. The buyer had, you know, an account on this forum and I think had posted for a while prior to saying, I bought one of these cards. Yeah. The seller anonymously posts a scan of the card, which is much clearer than the photo that Mike Boozer posted three years prior. And this is, it looks to be the same card that Boozer posted, but like a higher res scan, not just like a digital photo. Yep. People on the forum were suspicious though, because this was all posted on April 1st. The seller was anonymous and the buyer never actually provided proof that they had received the card. So the buyer goes on the forum and says, Hey, I just bought this card for $10,500 I'm going to get it soon. I'm going to get it authenticated. Like, we'll put this to bed that this is a real card. Right. Never comes back with a photo of the card. Goes to get it authenticated and graded by PSA, which there are a few of these services, I think, but their whole deal is they will, you send them your card, they'll authenticate it, they'll grade it from one to 10, and then they seal it inside this plastic case with their grade sealed inside of it. So if I were going to try and sell this card, I have a third party saying, yes, this is legit. It's a nine out of 10 condition and it's condition hasn't changed since we graded it. Cause it's sealed inside this thing. Right. And PSA looks at like 
corners and surface and centering and they have all these like things that they base their one through 10 ratings on. Um, but then they also do like literal authentication because they're, I mean, obviously with any market where things are expensive, there's going to be counterfeits. And because a lot of these things, maybe not as much the case with a card like this, but like with most other cards, you can find the fronts and the backs of these cards online. Like there, there are images of what the front and what the back looks like many in very crystal clear, high definition scans, what they look like. And so counterfeiting is, is pretty rampant. Um, and so PSA will also check like inks and sometimes they'll look into like the provenance of like, how did you get this? And how did, you know, like stuff like that to authenticate the reality the, of some the of these Pokemon cards. chain of command. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, well, and in this case, the authentic the authentication was probably equally important to the grading because it wasn't clear if this was even a real card. Right. Th this whole this whole thing could have been a hoax for all that like the general public knew. So if they right. could send this in and say and get it back from PSA saying like, yes, this is a genuine Pokemon card. It was made in X location using X, you know materials and we can date it to 1999 or whatever that would have been huge for this being a real thing at all yep so this buyer claims to have sent it into psa to be authenticated and graded they got it back and psa graded it a nine out of ten but was unable to authenticate it and the reason that the buyer gave was that they weren't they weren't able to authenticate because they weren't sure if this card existed if that made sense if that makes sense yeah so it's, it's mean, an unknown card yeah. so you can't really compare it to others to know if it's authentic or not and and this is the thing that i've thought about a lot since you sent me the original story which is like i would <laughs> Some people pointed to the inability to authenticate it as reason that this whole thing was a hoax. But there's another way to look at that, which is their authentication is going, Did does this exist? Is there a card in the world that is a pre-release Raichu? And if it's a mistake card... And Wizards of the Coast doesn't have any, yes, in 1998, in October, we we released the pre-release Raichu card, which was found in X number of packs. Well, and they're actually saying the opposite. They're saying we never made that card. Right. And that's what I'm saying. If they're saying we have no record of ever intentionally making that card, though through what the story is, is that it was potentially accidentally made then there's never going to be a way for a PSA style grading company to authenticate it. Because if it was made an accident, there would be no documentation of it actually existing from an official source. However, unless other places have at least claimed to have authenticated misprints before there was, uh, an article from December of last year, CGC is another place that grades uh, cards and authenticates cards. Yep. And they were sent four misprints um, from 1998, printed by Wizards of the Coast. So same time period, same uh, factory. And on on the front is I don't know how to say this dude's name the turtle that be that is blowing stuff up Bla blast blastoise yeah. yeah blastoise let's go okay. <laughs> so on the front it's blastoise and on the back it has a Magic the Gathering back oh that's kind of cool so because these were being made in the same factory at the same time somehow it got a Pokemon front and a Magic back sure they got four of these cards. Uh, well, sorry, three of them have a Magic the Gathering back. The fourth one has just a blank back to it. So they graded all four cards. 
Uh, they all got between a six and a half and an eight and a half. And then they were able to confirm that these were test prints made by Wizards of the Coast. And the way that they, well, they got these cards from a bunch of different sources, um, Facebook groups and forums and shit. And they were basically able to confirm that both of these types of cards were made during this time period at this Wizards of the Coast facility. So both the Pokemon and the Magic card. Compared them to other versions of both of those cards. Um, confirmed with, like, conferred with Wizards of the Coast employees. Uh, you know, looked at, like, the inks and the type of paper being used and all that stuff. And came to the conclusion that, like, yes, these are authentic. They're just misprints. Sure. Which I would think you could do something similar for the Raichu cards. Like, if you know that Wizards of the Coast in 1998 was printing Raichu cards, you could then compare it to, like, a normal, not pre-release Raichu. Okay, is it the same... Is it the same image, same artwork, same paper, same ink, all that stuff? If that's all the same... And then you could also look at other pre-release cards that they've made and say, okay. And look at what the pre-release stamp looks like. Look at the ink from the pre-release, the placement, the font. You would and think then hold it those next to each other. Yeah, you would think it wouldn't be that hard to take two other authentic cards and just sort of combine the two and say, yeah, this is real. Right. If these two cards had a baby, would it be a pre-release Raichu? A Raichu? Right. Which... To me, says, well, maybe there wasn't a real card to evaluate. Well, right. And there is definitely suspicion around dude getting it graded, getting it sent back to him and never posting a photo of it in its graded sleeve being like yo because here's the thing there would be no reason not to do that right if i know anything about this community it would absolutely be that the people who really rep this shit like like that is that is a flex that you would absolutely flex if you had something like that unless you spent 10k on a fake Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, if well, I, I, I'm saying there are two options. One, there is no card at all. Hmm. Two, this person spent ten grand on a fake card. I think. I think what's to me what's most likely because you know you're you're getting to a point in the late two thousands where, you know, if I'm a grifter out here and I want to take uh copy i want to like you know scan another pre-release card lift that pre-release text off of another pre-release card get a really high quality laser printer yeah all this would have been possible in 09 for sure printed printed onto another raichu take photos of it send them to what look like easy marks on a pokemon fucking forum where these dudes are talking about this shit all the time until somebody bites the hook and I disappear after making 11 grand for an afternoon's worth of, you know, scanning and printing and Photoshop work. It does seem a little weird though that so then an actual Wizards of the Coast employee was doing that at one point. That's the only part that trips me up with the like the straight up forgery part. Well, the, I mean, based the, on the the first source of this is a dude who worked at the company making the cards. Right. And and even if there are only two pictures of this and they're bad pictures, one of them is pretty pic- good. One of them is pretty okay. The other one's very bad. But those pictures to me lead me to believe that something physically existed. 
I'm not saying if it was yeah. quote unquote real or created in the way that it was created, but I I, I would no, say you're right. especially the especially the the digital photo, not the scan. It's like clearly a photo of a physical object, right? Right. So like that to me says something had to exist at some point. Now whether Mike Boozer had a forgery of the card. I mean, the other thing too is like depending on where you worked or or what you did, like could you as a Wizards of the Coast employee oops a sheet of cards and go, ah, those are those can't be used. And then you stick those in your briefcase on the way out and go like, now I've got nine of these. And this is like maybe, maybe at the time you're just like, this is just a fun trinket for me. Maybe you do have ulterior motives, but like at the time you might be like, this is like just a cool thing to have. I, I have a, a little goof print and it's my own thing. So maybe Mike does have a real one or a couple real ones or whatever you want to call it. But then this legend builds into this fucking thing to the point that it becomes a counterfeitable object where people are like, oh, okay, well, some people think this exists and I think I can recreate it and I can take down some cash on the way. Now I'm going to counterfeit the existence of this thing that I'm, maybe already existed. I'm 100% sure that that happens, whether it happens with this specific card or not. Like no that doubt. has to be going on all the time. It's literally why PSA exists. Like they they yeah. literally are like there are some card deals that are so expensive. Like we're talking, I mean, literally two weeks ago, a Kobe Bryant rookie card, a tops Kobe Bryant rookie card, rate it was a PSA 10 rated Kobe Bryant rookie court card sold for $1.8 million. Yeah. I mean, th there a, are a tiny card. So there, there, there are deals that happen where like you have to go through PSA and get this thing authenticated before it ever even touches the market to make sure that everything is on the up and up. So it right. for sure happens all the time that people are, are counterfeiting these things. Yeah, that was, that was three days ago, that Kobe Bryant sale. Yeah. It was, I guess it went on sale two weeks ago and the sale itself was, was over the weekend. It is crazy. Like to, to pivot a little bit, cause there's no real conclusion to this Rachu card, unfortunately. Um, well, I did want to say one more thing before we pivot fully. Sure. Which is just that here's my take on it. Going back to the point of like it being a major flex, my confidence in this thing being real plummets because the card market in general, across the board, trading cards, sports cards, like gaming cards, whatever you want to call it, are all so hot right now that if anybody actually had one of these in their possession, they would 100% be going to the exact same company that just sold a $1.8 million Kobe Bryant rookie card and said, hi, would right. you like to sell my card for 500 fucking thousand dollars and take a quarter of it? And I'm going to come away with the cool because, because if it is real and it is that rare, it's not enough of a flex for you to not buy a fucking house with it. <laughs> you know, like nobody's well, just chilling with that in a deck somewhere. And you could do both, right? You could post it and be like, Hey, look at this shit I have. And then also sell it and, and walk away with six figures. Yeah. Get the flex, go get it graded. Yeah. And then go sell it at auction and be like, I'm the dude who had it. Check me out. Now I'm the dude with a house. <laughs> now I'm the dude with 500 grand <laughs> off of a fucking Pokemon card that literally nobody else has or more. I mean, honestly, like if there's only nine of these or 12 of these, they're significantly more rare than holographic Charizards. And if a holographic Charizard can sell for $400,000 last month, if it's in good condition, you're going to get more than that for a fucking a pre-release Raichu card. So it's like, fuck, like. You don't know what you have on your hand. You might have a million dollars sitting in a fucking card. If you have a right. million dollars sitting in a card, you are posting photos of that on the internet and you are getting it appraised and you are taking your money down. And there's been an offer, somebody else from that same forum in 2013 offered 25K for anybody that produces an authenticated uh, pre-release ratio and no one has ever taken them up on it. Which so is now 25K is not shit for those cards, but in 2013, it was double what anyone had paid for, a for any Pokemon card at that point. Right. Is there a world in which, and I know you said like, you know, they've, they've authenticated misprints in the past, but like, is there a world in which... I don't know if PSA specifically has, but other card grading a services authenticators have. Authenticators yeah. have. Like, is there a world in which 
people are like, this is just such a random tiny mistake that it just like, wouldn't like, like, like could PSA go, well, it's just like inconclusive. Like we can't, we can't tell you this is real because we don't know, but we also can't tell you it's not real. It's just like, we don't have enough data here to actually be able to affirm or deny whether this is a real thing. And it seems like that's what this anonymous person on the, on the poker gym forum was claiming. They didn't say that it came back as fake. Yeah. It just came back as like unknown. But why which, not post which, a photo then? Why not be like, yo, agreed. this is, this is what it looks like. Yeah. I might've, I might be a sucker. I might've eaten 12 grand on this thing, but like, I'm at least going to tell you that like somebody sold this to me and here's what I got in exchange for it. Uh, yeah. Agreed. There's no reason not to do that as far as I not can to tell. just hide it. Right. But uh, yeah, the whole thing is weird because then like, why, why post about it at all? Like, what did they gain by posting, by pretending to have one, if that's what was happening? You look, you look cool on the internet for a few days and then everyone, well, and then everyone realizes you're full of shit. I mean, but maybe it could be though. It could be the embarrassment piece of being like, fuck, like if I have a fake Pokemon card and I'm just, I'm, I'm the cat that just spent the most money that's ever been spent on a Pokemon card. And I bought a $5 piece of paper and not a $13,000 or $11,000 piece right, of paper. Right. Like. That, yeah, that would make sense. I'm, yeah, they didn't know they were getting grifted. They weren't in on the grift, I should say. Right. Yeah. They thought they got a real preachu, and when it arrived, they were like, mm, something doesn't feel right here. Yeah. And then instead of broadcasting that you're a sucker, you just <laughs> you sort just, of try to quietly go into the night you with you your- Fade into the shrubbery. With your very expensive <laughs> card. <laughs> or, or you disappear so you can pass the scam on to someone else. Right. Yeah. You just, you just create a new account on the poke gym board and just say, Hey y'all got one. Anybody trying to buy a, Hey, 25 K guy, you want this yeah. one? Here it is. So yeah, to, to pivot briefly to close Pokemon cards still don't have shit on sports cards in terms of sale prices. They're, they're definitely climbing for sure. Like, uh, the, like the new ha like hashtag content creator fucking thing is to buy unopened dead stock boxes of fucking Pokemon cards from the late nineties and open them on live streams on YouTube and give away every third card or whatever. Dude, the of, of all of the top, like 20 highest, uh, highest priced sports cards ever sold all but one are within the last year yeah it's and bonkers the, the only exception is a honus wagner card from 1909 or something that sold in 2016 but everything else is like since july of last year it's like within the last six months nine months basically yeah it's, and uh, we're talking like five million dollars, four point six, three point nine, three point three, yep. like goofy uh, prices. And and the crazy thing too that I I just find absolutely mind blowing is like some, you know you would think when you're looking at a list like that you would think that it's like oh it's probably like you know Hank Aaron rookie cards and Babe Ruth autograph cards but like a and, lot and of this of, stuff some of them are but some of them are but a lot of this stuff is a lot more contemporary than you would imagine the, like the second highest highest price card ever the Luca yeah it's of an NBA player who's been in the league for 2 years 2 years it's a Luke, <laughs> it's a so it's a Luka Doncic it's a 2018 uh, basketball card it's a Luka Doncic Panini rookie card that has an autograph on it and it's one of one. That's that's why They're, they literally made one of these. And a guy, a, a guy who works for a sports card company, opened it on a live stream. So you you can actually see his reaction as he opens it. But it's a one of one authenticated rookie. There's there's a lot of talk about Luca being one of the most. I mean, he's 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 going to be an all time great player if he keeps up at this pace. He yeah. But also so like, his pace of. Two seasons, right? 
No doubt. No doubt. Like an injury <laughs> could, could knock that for sure. But like, I, I guess it, it is, it's fascinating to me that the, the stuff that is selling is significantly more contemporary than you might imagine in some situations. And I mean, the, you know, the, yeah, thir third is a Mike Trout card. And then fifth right. is, is Giannis Tentacumpo. And then sixth is LeBron James. Like yeah. most of these are modern in the except last 10 years, five years. Yeah. The exceptions are Mickey Mantle and Honus Wagner, but everything else is like within the last 10 to 15 years for the most part. Yeah. I mean, that Kobe rookie card obviously is I a guess little that's older, 90s. Like, yeah. Yeah. But still like, you know, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about in the last 20, 30 years here. Um, the last thing I'll say that I think is also kind of interesting is I think a, a, a portion of what triggered some of this ramp up is the whole popularity of the last dance and how that really took over the internet mm -hmm. and made a lot of people very, very intrigued and obsessed with Michael Jordan in a way that like, like Jordan memorabilia has always been a high ticket seller, but I think a lot of people got into like high ticket sports memorabilia through the sort of nostalgia reflection of, you know, an all time great basketball player and then that had a real interesting cascading effect when people realized like, oh, there's only so much Michael Jordan memorabilia out there. They're not going to make, I mean, yes, they'll make more memorabilia, but they won't make more like, there's no new Michael Jordan basketball cards getting created, you know? Right. So like what we have out there is what we have out there. And I think that's one of the most interesting things about the Pokemon stuff as well is like when these YouTubers are buying their 90s boxes of Pokemon cards. They're buying these for like 45, 65, $75,000 a box because they're going like, look, I'm getting, I'm getting some of the last just, of it that's available. Well, it's just good value too. If there's like a, if you buy something for, for $45,000 and there's a one in five chance that there's a $500,000 card in there, you're getting yeah. value. It's a it's a hell of a dice roll. I mean, you might have to. I eat mean, it's a not really though. Shit, if, you, if, if you have the money, it's not. Yeah. Oh, if you can afford a box of those cards and it does, it like you can afford to take that hit, then that's like one of the best. I mean, dude, if pull if pull tabs at the bar gave you a one in five chance of spitting out a ten x return on your money, motherfuckers would be I buying guess, them left and right. I guess all I'm saying is like at some point you're there comes a point where your expected value is just a positive number. So like. Right. Particularly because this is another thing that's really interesting about cards these days, whether it's a, whether it's a pre-chew that's worth, you know, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll call it a million dollars. I bet you if, if there could be a real authenticated pre-chew and they can authenticate that there is only nine to 12 of them in existence that were ever in existence, that's a million dollar Pokemon card for and sure. And if there were nine to 12 ever, there are almost certainly fewer than that now because I'm 100%. sure not all 12, nine to 12 people hung on to them and kept them in good condition. Yeah, no, there's there's half of that number, maybe. Um, but uh, what's interesting to your point about there being return on investment is people are also getting into this because even if the cards aren't worth $500,000, there's a lot of like you know, holographic ma champs for that are first edition. Like yeah, the other cards cool. in there aren't, aren't worth zero. They're not worth zero. I mean, like that was what was so fun about rediscovering some of mine was like, I have like, if it grades well, which I'll let y'all know when I go through my own PSA process, <laughs> but like, if it grades well, I have a Charmander in my deck from when I was a kid that has been sitting in a protector and like would be worth 600 bucks. If it like, if it, again, if it grades well yeah, and like, that's a lot of money to me. That's probably not a lot of money. It's to not like, a million dollars, but it's, it's something you could have fun. It's with not a million dollars and it's not going to pay for, it's not going to pay for a $50,000 box, but if you could buy a $50,000 box, that's got 500 cards in it. And a hundred of those cards are worth, you know, let's go. A thousand let's bucks. go. Ryan does math. <laughs> Let's no, I'm just saying, math. like, if, yeah, if mine's worth if mine's worth six hundred, I'm saying, like, if 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 a fifth of those cards are worth somewhere between five hundred and a thousand dollars, like, you made your money back on that box at the bare minimum, you know, and then and then you might, like you said, hit the fucking lottery and get a fucking five hundred thousand dollar card, and you ten x your profits. Still don't have shit on stamps though. That's where the real money is, Ryan. Stamps. Stamps. I'm not really joking. There are stamps that have sold for twenty million dollars. Fuck you. <laughs> we should be buying 
sheets of stamps instead of boxes of Pikachu or Pokemon cards. We, we're. I feel like every time we uncover a thing, we just find that we're still in the wrong business. There's just another more ridiculous, more profitable business. We find an even stupider way we could be making even more money. Yeah. Shit. This week, it's stamps. Patreon.com slash what if podcast for just five bucks a month. You get double the episodes and you can fund Spencer and I's new stamp business. Support our stamps. Support our stamps where Spencer and I try to get rich quick off of buying 70 year old exclusive mis stamp misprints. If you don't, if you don't support the stamps, you're just out American. If you want to leave us a voicemail at 612 <laughs> you're, right, you're right not to acknowledge that. Thank you. 4614. The email's high at whatifpodcast.com. Uh, if you want to also support the show, you can go to shop.whatifpodcast.com and you can buy a shout out for someone you love. We'll talk about them on the show. You can get posters of all of our band names. You get mugs and shit. Shop.whatifpodcast.com is a fun place to be. Also, uh, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us out when you tell people one star, that you one love star, us. one star. It helps other people love us, but preferably not one star, one star, <laughs> one star. Um, that's all I got. We love you guys. We appreciate y'all. Thanks for being here. We ain't down with killing. We down with chilling. Peace. Peace. Good, good, good. <laughs>